What's up and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for February 24th, 2021. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the busiest lady in the business, Andrea Renee. What's good, Tim? Good to see you. How are you doing? It has been a very long time since I've talked to you on or off content. What What's up? What's new? Well, you know, we're just running What's Good Games, and I'm working on some side projects, and in general, just trying to take one day at a time, eagerly awaiting the end of this endless nightmare that we all find ourselves in. <laughs> I was talking with Kevin before we went live, and he was like, oh, you know, like, what's going on? I'm like, I wish I had something exciting to say. I wish I had something <laughs> different to say Here's other than I'm in my house again. <laughs> I want you to come up with one thing that you haven't told anybody yet that you're going to announce here on the show. It doesn't mean to be an announcement, but just something. Okay. A unique thought from Andrew Renee that is about a to be revealed thought. for the very first time here on mm. Kind of Funny Games Daily. Okay. Okay. I got it. I think I, I think I have something I can talk about. Do you want to talk about it now or later? Let's talk about it right now. Okay. So I've been doing this clubhouse thing have you been into clubhouse tim i have it i, I i'm not vibing with it but that's definitely <laughs> a, it's a, it's it's not a it's just i don't have the time for that <laughs> honestly that's kind of where i'm leaning so i've been doing it for a couple of weeks now i've been invited to be in a couple of different clubhouses and after i'm done i always feel like what did i get out of that right because most of the people that i'm in clubhouses with i already know and it's not private enough that I can have like a candid conversation with those people and really have like a nice catch up like we would if we were like meeting in a lobby bar at a convention or something mm -hmm. like that. And it's not like enough of a venue where it's not organized enough where it feels like you're going to a PAX panel for like a very yeah, specific totally. thing. Right. And so I feel like I'm kind of caught in this middle place. And then it's really awkward if you have to leave or mm. if you're like, I'm tired or if you like something comes up at the house because there's no lurking in Clubhouse. So for people who aren't familiar with what I'm talking about, there's a new app out. It's called Clubhouse, obviously. Um, and it's essentially like a glorified chat app, but it's voice only. But you have a profile kind of like you do on Twitter with a little bio and a profile picture. You can connect your other social profiles to it. And it's invite only. And then once you're in, you can either join other clubs that already exist or you can start a new club by holding a recurring meeting. And then you can apply to start a club on your own. And the way that it works is you make people moderators and then they can speak. And then you can have people be speakers, but everybody has to be like really diligent about managing their mute button, even more so than like a typical Zoom call. And then people in the public who are already part of Clubhouse can scroll through and see who's live and then just join your Clubhouse. You can start private rooms if you want as well. But at that point, why are you even using Clubhouse? Why don't you just call somebody call on the someone phone. <laughs> call yeah somebody on the phone well that's always the weirdest thing with all this that my experience with clubhouse to, to keep it brief because i already told the story but um i just got caught uh listening to soldier boy talk by a best friend who tweeted it was just like i saw tim just pop into soldier boy's room and then leave and i'm like well i don't like this i don't like people <laughs> judging what i'm looking at or right? consuming so i I'm hate off, it i'm off of all of this but this reminds me of back when uh when like text messages were first a thing and everyone's like why would i do that when i can just call somebody and it's like that sounds so silly now because it's like well I mean, texting is just the way people communicate. But then I remember there was the text to voice thing where you would text things and then it would just like do the robot voice at people. And yes. it's like, why? What is the point of this? But you know what? 
forget about all of that. This is Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, we come at you live with all of the video game news that you need to know. You can watch the show on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or on roosterteeth.com. If you want to listen to it as a podcast, guess what? Just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Daily, and we will be right there for you. Uh, we got a whole bunch of fun housekeeping here for you. Kind of Funny contracts are now live in hitman 3 you can go play and see if you can kill the people in game that greg wants you to uh, i know that blessing and roger were working really hard on those so go check them out it's really cool seeing our logo in hitman 3 uh blessing is playing among us for ign's black history month stream today at 2 p.m pacific time our third fcf draft is tonight at 5 30 p.m join greg snowbike mike and more guests as they have a beer and draft the team that will face off against johnny football and the zappers this saturday johnny football gotta love sports uh thank you <laughs> to all of our patreon producers Graham of legend david mintel trent barry blackjack louise aguiar at 8-bit louise james davis at james davis makes and the nanobiologist today we're brought to you by brooklyn and burrow and logitech but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report we have cyberism news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Nice work, Kevin. I love it. You gotta love it. Uh, story number one. PlayStation State of Play tomorrow. This comes from Sid Schumann at the PlayStation blog. It is time for another State of Play. This Thursday, a State of Play broadcast will serve up new updates and deep dives for 10 games coming to PS4 and PS5, including new game announcements and updates on some of the third-party and indie titles you last saw in June's PS5 showcase. The show is clocking in at 30 minutes or so, give or take. Can't wait to hear what you think. And a quick note, there won't be PlayStation hardware or business-focused updates in the show. We're focusing on great games set to come out in the months ahead. Uh, it will be Thursday, February 25th at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Andrea? Tim. What are your hype levels? I am. I was more hype before they were like, it's just 30 minutes. I was like, oh, dang. I was really hoping for a longer state of play, something 45, maybe even 60 minutes long, so we can get like a good look at what's coming for the PS5 slate. Um, as... Greg and Gary talked about yesterday. I mean, they obviously covered a lot of the PlayStation speculation was that missing from all the announcements, of course, was an update on God of War Ragnarok. So hopefully we're going to get that. If they just made it about God of War, I would be a happy camper. I do think it's really <laughs> sad that the PlayStation VR 2 or whatever we're calling it now got this like sad blog post. And then Sony had to come out very specifically to be like, we're not talking about hardware in our state of play. And so it's like, well, I guess we're not getting any further details on what's going on with that. But I think that this is great. I think that, you know, getting an update is important. Um, I, you know, like my PS5 a lot. I'm excited. Yeah. Let's do it. We're going to be live streaming a watch long over at what's good. So it'll be fun. Yeah. I I'm very excited. I think this is actually exactly what I wanted to hear. Uh, there's, you know, besides Ratchet's release date, which is later than we all kind of expected, uh, I'm excited to hear more about what PS5 games I have to look forward to this year, hopefully with some dates, hopefully with a little bit more detail. There was a lot of games announced last year, but, you know, to get more actual substantial release dates, maybe we'll get some, maybe not even a date, but just more of like a time frame, an understanding of 
okay, this is actually coming out in 2021 as opposed to they're just saying it is, but do we really believe it? And there's so many things that they've shown that we we might get to see. Final Fantasy 16, God of War 2, uh, Horizon, Forbidden West. Like, things can show up. I'm not expecting all of them to, but I do think them talking about, like, the 30 minutes, I think that while, of course, I'd rather longer, uh, the Nintendo Direct a couple days ago being 50 minutes, like, proves that longer's not always better. It can be. You know, um, but there have been state of plays that are less than 30 minutes. So I'm happy we're at least getting this. And I do think that that's enough time to jam pack it with uh, a ton of stuff. They're talking about deep dives for 10 games coming to PS4 and PS5. I imagine we're going to be getting a lot of the of update talk, uh, maybe Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, finally getting an update for PS5 because that would make a lot of sense. Or Last of Us 2 even. Where's that PS5 update, you know? And those are the type of things that... I kind of equate on the Nintendo side to like the Switch ports where it's like the the Switch Wii U ports where it's like, hey, we all kind of expect them, but it's good to just check them off the list because we do want all of them to just have their enhanced modes on PS5 so that we can just totally move on to pure next gen and all that. I'm not expecting any like crazy new announcement, but they do say including new game announcements. So who knows? Maybe we get the Silent Hill. Maybe we get something crazy. And the thing is, in terms of expectations for all of this, like Sony really set the bar high last year and in the last couple of years, but last year specifically uh, with its PS5 events where both events that they did, I think they completely knocked out of the park in terms of quantity of quality announcements. That Not all of them hit perfectly. Some of them were weird where it wasn't clear if it was PS5 and PS4 games or when release dates were. They didn't say Demon's Souls was a launch game. That was bizarre. A lot of bizarre choices. But they announced Demon's Souls. They announced Final Fantasy 16. They announced all, like, this ridiculous list of games. Ratchet, Gran Turismo, Miles Morales, like, blah, blah, blah. It just keeps going on and on and on. So getting a, a proper state of play, which we haven't had in a while, because last year, if I remember correctly, we only got single game deep dive state of plays like for ghost of tsushima and last of us um and then we just got the ps5 events that in a lot of ways functioned like a state of play but they weren't branded state of play um so it's interesting to see them go back to that and i'm excited you know i, I think that i i have faith that we know the things that they're working on and there's it's not like nintendo where it's like where's the focus breath of the wild if ragnarok's not there <laughs> we know that other things are gonna be there you know what i mean yeah of course yeah, I think that it's going to be a nice mix. I think the idea of them saying we're going to do 10 deep dives in 30 minutes is a little disingenuous. Because mm-hmm. um, that's even if you gave every game equal amount of time, that's three minutes per game, which I wouldn't qualify as a deep dive. Um, but I think that it's good for them to update everybody. I agree with you that it would really be nice to see a game like The Last of Us 2 come to PlayStation 5 with like a proper... Uh, port, not, you know, just like backwards compatibility, which I'm sure a lot of people have played. Um, I don't know, you know, what else we know we're going to expect. I'm guessing we're going to get some smaller titles as well. Obviously, PlayStation has done a really great job of promoting their indie community over the last several years. And I know that they've been reinvesting in that space, particularly in the last like 18 to 24 months. So I would guess that we're going to see some smaller titles in addition to AAAs. But I think it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, with that, definitely, like, Keena, Bridge of Spirits will be there. And, like, you know, it's a smaller, big title, huge title. But Ratchet & Clank, I definitely expect we're going to see something. A release date, for sure. Because it's well, we supposed got to be the, coming we got spring. The, we got the release date already. 
Oh, we they did. I must have missed it. They, they dropped that on Twitter like last week, I want to say. Uh, it's June, if I remember okay, correctly. Okay, got it. Um, someone in the chat, let me know about that. But um, anyway, I'm stoked about this. I, I love PlayStation State of Plays. I think that they really haven't hit their groove yet. There hasn't been a format that I'm like, fuck yeah, you guys nailed it. But I do think that most of the time, every one has been better than the last in terms of format, at least. And I think that this is a, a very good refresh point. Like this is a, a Sony that has been through the year 2020 and understands where they're at and what the, their capabilities are. Um, and, you know, like I said, their events last year that weren't into plays were fantastic. So I'm hoping I'm hoping this uh, can can live up to that. Yeah, June 11th, uh, they're saying is for Ratchet and Clank. Um, there's a note here that says, Andrea, while we're talking PlayStation, is the PS5 about to be way bigger than the PS4? In all the PlayStation hub up yesterday, we didn't talk about Jim Ryan's mention of the PS5 audience. We go back to the GQ article from yesterday, and GQ says, since we've got you here, when is everyone who wants to buy a PS5 going to be able to easily buy one? And Jim Ryan says, all I can say is we're looking for... We're working as hard as we possibly can. You may have read that we sold 4.5 million PS5s at the end of December. That's more than we did PS4s in 2013. And that was the high watermark for the PlayStation generation. So with everything in the world throughout last year, we feel like that was fairly decent. One in four of those who have bought a PS5 do not have a PS4. And those around, uh, those around are about half are new to the PlayStation network. So it's really nice that we're able to bring in people from outside. I know there were people who wanted a PS5 and couldn't find one. We're very sorry about that. And obviously grateful that demand has been as strong as it is. Andrea, I say again, is the PS5 going to smash the PS4's install base once people can get their hands on it? No. You really you don't why. think so? No, I don't Ooh, think so. And I'll tell, tell you why. Because I think that we're at the beginning of a new era of gaming. And that if you look at the last seven years of video game infrastructure and hardware it's a very different landscape than what the next seven years will be and i think that is in large part due to mobile gaming being on the rise and different mobile platforms being on the rise and of course the introduction of cloud gaming now i know that there are a ton of problems with cloud gaming right now but I think two, three years from now, that's going to be a different story. I think infrastructure is going to start catching up worldwide. I think people are going to be investing more in telecom services. And so I think that there's just going to be too much splitting of the market for PlayStation to dominate in this next cycle the way that they dominated in the last cycle. And also, Xbox was really their own worst enemy in the last generation. And I think they've learned a lot from their mistakes. So I think that they're going to creep and take a bigger share of the overall hardware market than they were able to in the last generation. So I think the PlayStation 4 was an amazing console, but I do not think the PlayStation 5 is going to outdo it in raw sales. That's very interesting points. And I, I do disagree with you, but I, I think that what you're saying is very salient there. I think the PS5 is going to uh, sell more than the PS4, specifically because I think that the PS4 generation made Sony as mainstream as possible when it comes to video games. And video games are just bigger than they've ever been. And, you know, you look at the hardware sales across the board last year for Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. All of them were through the roof up. And that's just because, you know, with the situation everyone had, so many new gamers were born. It was like the, the mutant X gene was released into the world. <laughs> and, you know, so many people that, you know, Terrigen, how hard Terrigen. is it to, to then 
to, to Terrigen Mist. Thank you, Kev. Transitioning <laughs> into, uh, you know, from Animal Crossing to other games as well, or whatever the, that journey for them might be. But I think that, you know, I just using the subsampling of my friend group who at different points in the life have been hardcore gamers or some of them not, some of them whatever, just different levels of gaming. All of them are into PS5. All of them are... And most of them did not have PS4s and they're going back playing Last of Us 1 for the first time, playing God of War, playing, you know, this library of games. And I think that library is just going to keep building on itself. And there is the the big question marks of the third party titles and will PlayStation have that stranglehold on um, all of the, the marketing side of things like they did last uh, gen. And I don't think that's going to change. I think that Xbox is going to continue to you know, gobble up uh, different teams to to make first party titles and bolster game pass but i think that the game that playstation's playing is focused on quality exclusive titles and i think that that is a game that is going to pay off for them in in the long run and that is what mainstream gaming is going to to look like to the majority of people well tam i guess we're just gonna have to wait and see it's exciting times. You want to place like a seven-year bet, Tim? Bet. No. Oh, Make let's do it. No. Let's do it. We're Make doing it. Bet. Yeah? You want <laughs> to? Yeah. Hell yeah. What do you, let's bet. <laughs> bet something fun. Oh, man. You guys throw me a pizza party. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. Winner has to throw I love that Kevin, Kevin never changes. He's just yeah. like, all I ever want is pizza. <laughs> but the winner has to throw Kevin, or the loser has to throw Kevin a pizza party. Okay. Can we, can we all attend, though? I mean, that's, that's up, up to, to Kevin. You. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, you guys are. All, I mean, anytime I throw a party, Andrea, you're invited. I want you. To know. <laughs> That's just the rules. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm down. I'm down for this. Um, I, I think we got to make since this is a very long bet. We got to make the stakes a little bit higher, Tim. Mm-hmm. So I think we got to throw Kevin and twenty of twenty twenty people of his choosing a pizza party. Deal. Deal. As for long sure. as it includes Go us and our significant party. others. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Druvenator writes in and says one item that was glossed over on yesterday's show, but to me is very interesting and compelling from PlayStation is Jim Ryan's comments on the importance of providing certain games and making them available day and date via PS Plus, like Bug Snacks and Destruction All-Stars. He expects this to continue moving forward, and I fully expect games like Jet the Far Shore, Kena, etc. to be good candidates for PS Plus games. Have we considered that this strategy is Sony's response to Game Pass versus making their own Game Pass alternative? PS Now Plus day and date first party launches. Sony's surely excited about having an 80% plus PS Plus attachment rate. Got so many pluses here. Uh, attachment rate for PS5 consumers. Maybe their focus remains on keeping that PS Plus number high versus fo- focusing on PS Now. I mean, this is tough because I think we don't have any insights as to what Sony's plan for PS now is right. Like it's, it's one of their services that they haven't really talked about a lot over the past couple of years. I mean, they've never really talked about it, right? Like they just don't focus on it at all. And I think that that's indicative of where it sits in their priority chain of what they're putting their investment and their energy into. And that's, you know, troubling. I would really like to see them roll PS now into PS plus and give us a equal service that we get with Xbox game pass. I think that if we could have like an Xbox game pass ultimate equivalent on PlayStation, that could be really powerful for them, but they already have brought the PlayStation plus collection to PS five owners for free, right? So you don't even have to pay for that stuff. If you're a PlayStation plus subscriber already, you don't have to pay extra. Right. Um, And I, I just don't know, like, 
I don't know what Sony's goal is with PS Now, if they're going to be committed to streaming, if they're looking to get into like a Project X Cloud level of, of streaming, or if they're going to maybe say, hey, like streaming infrastructure is not for us. Who knows? Maybe they're going to buy Stadia's tech off of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... totally. I mean, my, my theory on it is that they want to keep PS Now and PS Plus separate for now because they know that they can't compete with Game Pass on a one-to-one level. And the closer they get to, to that, the more comparisons are going to be made. So until they're ready to compete on that level with the cloud infrastructure and all that, I don't think that we're going to be hearing that much about PS Now. I will say I'm pretty surprised that they they haven't figured that out and haven't been talking about it, but I do think that it speaks to the game that they're playing and the way that they see their titles and their gaming ecosystem uh, and how people buy games on their platform. And I, I think that... I've said this a bunch of times, but I don't think the PS Plus collection gets enough credit for how amazing it is of all these fantastic titles that are available essentially for free if you have PS Plus on PS5. And that is for so many people that missed out on PS4 games. That's crazy to a lot of people in our chat because they all played the games because they own PS4s. But guess what? A ton of people out there didn't. So they're playing these games for the first time and it's the best deal ever. So it's like... That to me is like, we can't just look at it as a Game Pass versus what's PlayStation doing. It's more like, what is Game Pass doing for its ecosystem? And what is PS Plus and their different initiatives doing for theirs? And the PlayStation Play at Home stuff that, they were talk- that they've done before, but are talking about now, Ratchet and Clank 2016 is just timed, but free for people to play leading into the release of the new game. Like that's, that is a great, awesome thing for an amazing video game that people will now be able to play for free. And I think that the the what uh, Druvenator here is talking about about Bug Snacks and Destruction All Stars type games coming to PS Plus, it's a long time in the making, and I think that it can't work for every single game. And I don't think we're ever going to see Last of Us Three day and date coming to a streaming service. That's just not PlayStation's mo, and I don't think it needs to be. I don't think everyone doing the same thing is good. I like that Nintendo, Microsoft, and PlayStation are finally seemingly completely in their own lane doing different things that hopefully is going to lead to unique experiences in each lane. So that's exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think overall, like what people sometimes forget is that Microsoft and Sony, like with the capital M capital S are very different companies, right? The way that Microsoft runs their overall business, not just their Xbox business is very different than the way that Sony runs their overall business versus their PlayStation business. And I think that those decisions really weigh heavily as to like what kinds of services and subscriptions they provide. Like Microsoft can afford to absorb any like hit costs they have to take when they put games into Game Pass. Sony is not exactly in the same position. Um, mm-hmm. So, and they don't need to be, right? Like they yeah. have proven that they have no problem selling their first party titles. So why would they give them away in a subscription when they can easily, you know, charge $60, $70 for them and people will still buy them because they have proven that the games are good and they're worth the money. So I'm with you there. Yeah. Moving on to our next story. Cyberpunk 2077 patch delayed because of hack. This comes from Cyberpunk's Twitter. While we dearly wanted to deliver patch 1.2 for Cyberpunk 2077 in the time span we detailed previously, the recent cyber attack on the studio's IT infrastructure and extensive scope of the update mean this unfortunately will not happen. We'll need some additional time. Our goal for patch 1.2 goes beyond any of our previous updates. We've been working on numerous overall quality improvements and fixes, and 
we still have work to do to make sure that's what you get. With that in mind, we're now aiming for a release in the second half of March. It's not the news we enjoy sharing, but we want to make sure we launch this update properly. Stay tuned for more information as the time draws closer. Thank you for your continued patience and support. A little context from IGN. The aforementioned cyber attack against CD Projekt Red compromised the studio's internal systems. The hackers stole documents and source code for Cyberpunk, The Witcher 3, and more. These stolen files were reportedly stolen, sold in a dark web auction that was allegedly set at $7 million. This is just such a sad story because obviously people are frustrated with the cyberpunk experience and the way that game rolled out, having to wait for patches. But CDPR being hit by a hacking attack is absolutely devastating and completely uncalled for. It's obviously illegal and like having to take their team away from the work they were doing to deal with this security issue like sucks like this whole story just sucks and you know like my heart goes out to all the developers who are putting their blood sweat and tears into the game people who you know aren't in management who this isn't their fault you know they're just working on art or sound or engineering or whatever right they're just trying to make the best game that they know how to make and they just keep getting these giant obstacles thrown at them and it just i feel so bad for them and i hope that they can bounce back from this obviously the game still did well right it sold over 13 million copies so i hope that management looks at that profitability and takes some of those resources and says hey our team needs help we need to staff up we need to hire more people we need to hire experts to make our system secure and say hey we just need to spend money now to get ourselves whole again yeah i mean you're so right like this is such a, a shitty situation and it's you know don't steal shit period like that's kind of where this all starts right like from the the league side and and yeah like it does suck that there's just so many devs that are working hard that just want this nightmare to be over and this just delays it even more uh but you know it all goes back to management like you were saying it's like this whole problem is only an issue because the the game was poorly managed to begin with so it's we're only in the situation where patches are being delayed and i i don't necessarily think this is gonna be the last time at the end of the day i think it's good that they're being transparent and at least keeping people updated and letting them know but at the same time it's kind of like i don't see a good end for this ever like i don't see this this game being like patched and people being like oh you know what it's good now but still yeah, Don't. no, I see Raul Giovanni in the chat says, I think the problem is that they make one game in seven years. 13 mil is just not enough with that budget. And I want to remind you that CD Projekt Red also owns GOG.com and they have plenty of resources and plenty of money. So don't let the idea that they only put out a tentpole game, which by the way, they've been releasing Gwent expansions. They have still making money from The Witcher. They ha- they are fine, okay? They have the money. They just, as Tim said, mismanage this process and hopefully, you know, they can get their act together. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so let's see. We got a question from Bilbo Bagginses saying, Welcome back, Andrea. Miss you always. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't expected to hear this immediately after the news of their hack. I've waiting, I'm waiting to play this on PS5 until this February patch com- came out, at the least because I like the best first impression possible. The delay's a bummer. Still, I feel for the developers who must be working so hard to get this game up to snuff. But CD Projekt Red's management seems to constantly be putting a sour taste in my mouth, and I'm losing trust. Do you see CD Projekt Red delaying further big fixes for cyberpunk due to unforeseen events beyond their control those are both in 
air quotes, based on your experience in the industry. Do you feel cyberpunk is beyond truly fixing and polishing anytime soon? And would CD Projekt Red be transparent about that at this point? Thanks for all you do. Andrea. Okay. Hi. Sorry. I just realized that my, my earbuds <laughs> just um, decided to like shit out on me in the middle of that. Um, but good news. Sorry. I have my other headset right here. And you were just reading the we're question. Ready. Just reading the question. The, the question for up. you here. Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you see CD Projekt Red delaying further big bug fixes, big fixes for Cyberpunk due to unforeseen events beyond their control? Yes. 100%. I think that to do is stop putting dates on their patches. And I think that they should just say, hey, we're working on it. The patches will come when they're ready. Thank you for your patience. They've already offered refunds. So if you're not willing to wait for the patches, get your refund, right? Like, so I think that that's where we're at. And like the people just who are patient just need to keep being patient and keep supporting them as a studio. And if you're like table flip, fuck them, get your refund and stop bitching about it, right? Like that's where we're at. And they clearly need more time. And I fully expect there to be more more delays because I think that once they've finally now started digging into everything they need to do, they're like, this just needs more time. I mean, it could be that Cyberpunk 2077 for console just needed another full year of development, you know, and it never got it. And I say, you know, don't at this point, <laughs> don't don't rush patches. Don't rush, you know, the next gen version of the game. At this point, you're, you've already made the bed. You're lying in it. You're in there in the shit. Just stay in the shit and don't try to claw your way out until you're absolutely ready. Oh, God. It just sucks. Who the hell would have thought Cyberpunk 2077 would turn into... Who thought in February 2021 we'd be talking this way still about Cyberpunk? Whatever. Uh, story number three, Valheim hits 4 million copies in three weeks. This comes from Eddie at GameSpot. The Norse-inspired PC multiplayer game Valheim has crossed another major sales milestone just days after achieving 2 million in sales in under two weeks. The PC game climbed to 3 million copies sold, and now sales are up to 4 million sold in under three weeks. Uh, here are some other fun stats that developer Iron Gate and publisher Coffee Stain announced. Valheim has reached more than 500,000 peak concurrent players on Steam. They have more than 80,000 positive user reviews. It's currently the 57th best reviewed game on Steam of all time. Uh, and Valheim has led to 28 million hours of watching on Twitch and 10,000 years of gameplay. <laughs> That's bonkers. Yeah, there's a quote here. I don't think I have really had time to contemplate it. I know that players like the game a lot, but at the same time, I think I can make something even better in the future. I'm looking forward to adding more content to the game, especially working on the remaining biomes, Iron Gate CEO Richard Svensson said. Our current roadmap only reaches the next biome, and we hope to have it done by the end of next year, but it might very well take longer, to, depending on how smooth the development will be. I really don't want to stress the development. That never ends well. What a great quote. What a great, that's awesome. I love he's like, hey, this is going well, but you know what? I got a lot more cool things coming. <laughs> like, let's keep this positivity going, but I'm not trying to overwork the team. Good shit. You hear that so, so rarely um, from, from team leaders about how they want to be able to take care of their teams. It was interesting because I know that that's just not the way that creatives usually work. I mean, we don't need to get into a, a whole conversation about crunch culture. You and I have talked about it. It's just part of being in the entertainment industry. It's just kind of like baked in. And to hear that there's actually people making meaningful change and saying, hey, we're just not going to run at that if you're not going to um, But it's such a luxury also to be able 
I love that. Your mic's cutting in and out. Just a heads up. My mic is cutting in and out? Yeah, that last one was real hard to to understand anything. Talk again? I don't, I definitely don't know why that's happening. Now you sound good. It was just for a second. I think it was just maybe the internet or something. We have been having a lot of problems with Discord. Um, I don't know if it's Discord related or or what. Maybe John's streaming too many things in the living room. Stop streaming. Too many things. Turn, turn the show off. <laughs> you sound good now. It's not breaking up. So okay. Um, essentially, what I was just saying is like, you'll love to see it, right? You'll love to see a small team mm-hmm. do well. You'll love to see a game go viral. And for them to say, hey, you know, we're not going to bend over backwards to try to keep up because we just we just can't. So we're going to take care of ourselves. And when new content comes out, new content comes out. Right. Um, and I'm happy for them. Congrats. I think this is like every indie dev's dream. Right. Totally. Yeah, I know. This is this is the best. And I just want to put this on record for whoever keeps count of everything. I'm going to put this down as one of my 10 predictions coming right. One half of my predictions. Right. Because I said there'd be two games that are our indie mega successes on, on Twitch and all that stuff this year. This is the first one. Let's go. Fourth story. Notre Dame won't be in EA college football. This comes from Brendan Sinclair at gamesindustry.biz. EA is returning to college football, but one of the sport's biggest names will remain sidelined for the moment. Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick this week released a statement saying the school would not be appearing in the publisher's upcoming game until a few changes are made to American collegiate athletics as a whole. Quote, Notre Dame athletics welcomes the return of EA Sports College Football, a video game series that has historically helped promote interest in college football. Notre Dame will not, however, participate in the game until such time as rules have been finalized governing the participation of our student athletes. As those rules are developed, it is our strong desire that student athletes athletes be allowed to benefit directly from allowing their name, image, and performance history to be used in the game. Historically, college athletes have not been allowed to benefit from their name, image, or likeness rights. However, in 2019, California passed a law that would allow players to hire agents and get endorsement deals, and the NCAA reversed its longstanding opposition to the concept the next week. In 2019, the NCAA set itself a January 2021 deadline to update those rules, but last month, it indefinitely delayed a vote on rule changes citing unspecified external factors. EA hasn't published a college football game since 2013. Earlier this month, it announced it would begin to to do so again. I'm kind of split on this because part of me is like, oh, this is actually not that bad. I think it's actually better that they're like, hey, we're going to set it out. If our players can't get paid, we're not going to get paid. And then on the other hand, I'm like, well, how like genuine are their actual intentions? Probably not that genuine. I think that it's great that EA is looking at bringing college football back. I think trying to do negotiations for college players is going to be a giant like Pandora's box that EA clearly doesn't want to open again, which is why that they're going forward without them for now. Um, quite frankly, I don't really care about football video games. Gonna gonna burst some people's bubble out there, but I'm happy for all of you that do. Um, it's just tough when you're talking about likeness rights. I mean, they're expensive. They're tough. Yeah. And if, no, John, a- and if John Drake was still watching the show, he would probably be in chat talking about how he has to go- negotiate likeness rights all the time. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's interesting because, like, there there is the two sides to this where are Notre Dame just trying to get more money for themselves? And, like, obviously, at the end of the day, they get that no matter what. So it's like that is a, a factor here. But – 
how much of it is them actually caring about their players and wanting them to to you know be treated correctly because like undeniably they should be able to have these rights and it sounds like it's bullshit that there's external factors indefinitely delaying a vote that had a date uh to make these kind of changes like that those changes are going to completely affect the four years that these people get to play <laughs> the game or else it doesn't help them ever again you know what i mean it's like there's a, a ticking time bomb on that shit so um hopefully they figure this stuff out it's definitely uh above me because i don't understand at all this college stuff and not having the actual players and it all just seems messy but i'm happy people are getting their college football back to some extent uh number five alien is coming to fortnite kev can you pull up the the video for this please uh, Fortnite's Twitter's teasing that characters from Alien will be coming to the game. You can expect Ellen Ripley and a xenomorph like Sarah Connor and the Terminator. Are you playing Fortnite, Andrea? No, I haven't played Fortnite in a very, very long time. Battle Royale in general is not generally my cup of tea. I do dabble in Warzone from time to time. In fact, I'm going to be playing Warzone with Snowback Mike and, and Nick next week. Mm -hmm. um, but... I just like that style of game is just it's just frustrating for me mm. and the building element of Fortnite always was something that I never quite um, got the hang of in Battle Royale. Now I've always mentioned that I love Save the World and I love that whole mode but haven't been back to Fortnite in a while but I think it's great that they're continuing to innovate and bringing new fun characters in. I mean they've been crushing it with guest appearances. They have like a huge collection of licensed characters in the game now i think that's cool i now the xenomorph in particular is kind of a very, head scratcher since it's very, very much excited. like a like I'm a horror excited. horror character and that game is very much considered like a family-friendly game but kevin they got master chief they got kratos they know what master chief is so generically safe though he has he's an not assault a, rifle he's not a scary <laughs> character xenomorphs it, are freaking scary they're weird just, looking like there's no way it can be the actual xenomorph as the character, right? Like it's it's gonna be, because it looks like a dinosaur. Xenomorph looks like a, di a dinosaur shape. Like how is Let's this gonna work? Let's watch the video. All right, it's Tim. It's just like a sound. It doesn't reveal anything. Oh. Reality log four two six. Barely. I must have got my coordinates wrong or something because, as far as I can tell, this is just a very normal spaceship on a very normal shipping route running on tech that seems to be from 1986 so that's a little <coughs> concerning but crew's been real nice super chill it's just uh oh if their cooking is agreeing with me that i <laughs> got some oh some kind of heartburn <clears throat> i'm gonna see if they got like a space sand acid or something he's gonna bust out of his chest tim yeah yeah that's uh that's definitely alien. That's cool. Cool. Um, you excited for this, Kev? Uh, yeah, but I'm also ex like I'm I'm very interested to see if we actually get a xenomorph skin, which would be really cool. I know people are saying like, oh, they, they did Terminator skin. We have Predator skin, but like again, those are all humanoid shape skins. Like a xenomorph mm -hmm. would be not humanoid because like I've always <laughs> wanted a dinosaur, like a blue from. Uh, what's this movie? Jurassic World. That's it. So, like, that would be one step closer. I, I have a feeling I'm going to be disappointed. Am I going to buy it? Yeah, probably. 
Yeah, probably. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, got another question for you, Kevin. Are you going to buy Star Wars Republic Commando? That's coming out because we got a release date for that. Aspire today announced the return of a Star Wars classic, Star Wars Republic Commando, the fan favorite first person tactical shooter where players lead a team of clone commandos as they battle through increasingly difficult missions that take place throughout the legendary Clone Wars. The game, brought back as a single player experience with modernized controls, is coming to Switch and PS4 on April 6th for $15. This do anything for you, Andrea? No, I wish it did. I. I, I, the way that I feel about remasters is that, you know, they have to feel like they're doing something like genuinely either like, um, different or they're really putting time and care into like upgrading the graphics. And also it has to be something that speaks to me as a player. And there's just very few remasters that excite me really. Like the only one is right. Mass Effect legendary edition, but other than that, I think it's great if people want to spend money to buy this game again. Like, you know, have have at it. Go pew pew all of the things. I Yay. love it. I miss this generation of Star Wars games so much where it was just like every year there was three of them. And like every genre, every single genre imaginable. They're just like, let's throw the Star Wars license on it and see what happens. And they were always really good, never really great. And that's my favorite thing, you know, with, with very, very rare exceptions. Uh, but I, I love this. I loved this game back in the day. Um, I don't necessarily think I need to replay it, but I do enjoy how many games are being ported, remaster or not, um, over, especially on the Switch. I love that the Switch is just kind of becoming over time this like, insane not even emulation machine just like game machine of like gaming history is all here um so cool stuff but i'm very excited to hopefully get to a world of star wars titles that surprise us and don't necessarily have to be these giant events that are just going to let us down over and over but just kind of just become a genre of gaming again have we reached saturation though with too many star wars titles like does it feel no. like there's like a ton of Star Wars stuff happening for you guys? Or is it the fandom never getting enough, like always wanting more? Well, I think it's a mix of things. Blessing did a really good episode of The Blessing Show a couple of weeks ago talking about Star Wars games specifically. And I just think that there is a magic to Star Wars video games that kind of fill in a gap in our, I think the... The, the level of standard is a little lower because it's fun to swing a lightsaber. It's fun to fly around in the uh, different spaceships. It's fun to, you know, to play an RPG. Like, Star Wars just works in so many different forms in video games that I think it allows a lot more versatility in uh, in titles where it's like, to say that you're, like, you're over Star Wars, it's like, okay, well, are you over, like, the Skywalker stuff? Because that's a very specific thing compared to the bounty hunter stuff compared to the Jedi stuff compared to, you know what I mean? It's like, there's so many different aspects that they can take so many different time periods and all that stuff. Um, I think that there's, there's a lot they, they can do. And I also think that we're just not getting a lot right now. Like we're starting to see more things announced currently, but it's not like we're getting star Wars video games every year, or at least not multiple a year, you know, it's not like the PS2 era. It's not even like the 360 era. I guess I guess that's fair. I just I, I see that we you know we had the Star Wars announcement in the Nintendo Direct last week. We had this announcement this week. We know that Massive is making a Star Wars game. I don't know. I just I feel like there's just a lot of there's a lot of Star Wars happening. EA coming out being like, we're still here making Star Wars stuff too, everybody. 
Everybody's making Star Wars. Yeah. There's there's layers to that though. Like I'm that Zynga game, until we see it, I'm like, all right. <laughs> it's probably gonna sell like 50 million copies. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, finding out how much it sells is so far away, Andrea. If I want to know what was coming to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? Tim, you would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. That's all true. Do, 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 do. What is this? No, it's just for when I, only when I host the show because I refuse to do the jingle. Why? Uh, I, I haven't hosted Why? the show like that, in like Tim? a year. I don't jingle. That's my only rule. He doesn't jangle. I don't jingle. When I give people my headshot, it's just a quote at the bottom that says, I don't jingle. You have to deal with it. If you want this face, you're no getting jingle. them sweet jingle right. jangles. Right. Uh, but before we get to what games are coming out today, let me tell you about our sponsors. Uh, shout out to Brooke Linnett. Life is too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets. But maybe you looked at some retailers and calculated the years of interest you'd pay on just one set and gave up. Trust me. Go check out Brooklinen. Uh, they work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. I've been using Brooklinen sheets for years. Recently just got some new ones for uh, the, the other bed that I have. And, man. It's just, they're just so soft. Different colors than I have in the other one. So many different options to choose from. You got to love that. Brooklyn has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. They're so confident you will love their products. They even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. So many people are kind of funny. Love Brooklyn. It's not just me. Greg Miller loves it too. Uh, he loves those towels, man, because they got towels. They got options. Go to brooklinen.com and enter code KFGD to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. That's B R O O K L I N E N dot com and enter code KFGD to get $25 off. Brooklinen.com promo code KFGD. Next up, shout out to Burrow. Finding new furniture is always a hassle, whether it's finding what's right, getting it delivered, or the setup itself. That's why. I'm excited to tell you that this episode's brought to you by Burrow, the furniture company that's designing smarter, simpler things for modern life at home. No more visits to far-flung warehouse stores, no high-pressure salespeople, plus Burrow's world-class support team is available for you, whatever you need. My favorite thing about Burrow, I have one of their couches, is that they're expandable. Like right now I have a two-seater one, but if I wanted to make a three-seat, you could just buy that one piece, put it in the middle, boom. It makes it bigger. If it's a, it's just a straight line, you can make it an L if you want. You can get crazy. They allow you to do that with Burrow. It's furniture designed for the way that you live, and the award-winning Nomad Sofa has a built-in USB charger. That's the type of tech that Tim Gettys love. I got to charge my USBs at all times. Uh, assembly is simple. Burrow customers literally write reviews applauding the instructions for being so easy to follow. Modular design means they're easy to set up, but also easy to take with you to your next home. Burrow is also fast with free shipping on every order. Burrow saves you an average of $100 on large items like a couch. Right now, you can get $75 off your first order at burrow.com slash games. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash games for $75 off your Burrow purchase. Burrow.com slash games. And finally, shout out to Logitech. Gaming headsets are important. You want a headset with a good mic, good sound, and a headset that feels comfortable to wear, and that's what's best about the G733 wireless gaming headset from Logitech G. 
I have that sideways. Uh, the G733 Lightspeed Wireless Gaming Headset comes with 2.4 gigahertz wireless connectivity, front-facing dual-zone light sync RGB, blue voice mic technology, Pro-G audio drivers, and multiple colorways to choose from. Wow. That is so many cool options and things that I love. Gotta love RGB. Gotta love when I can make my headset match my life. Also, has a total freedom with up to 20 meters wireless range with light speed wireless. So you can play for 29 plus hours of battery life wirelessly on PlayStation 4 with stereo sound. Uh, it's available in multiple colorways, each with its own vibrant, reversible headband and corresponding ear pads. For a limited time, Logitech G is offering our listeners express shipping at logitechg.com. Use code kind of funny daily, free ship 222. <laughs> For express shipping today. That's express shipping for all Logitech G products with promo code kind of funny daily free ship 222. I'm going to say that one more time. It is kind of funny daily free ship 222. Logitech uh, for express shipping. Hurry now since this promo will expire in three days. Kind of funny daily free ship 222. All right, Andrea, back to the show here. Back to the show. Uh, out today, all right, we have Werewolf, The Apocalypse, Heart of the Forest coming to PS4 and Xbox One. We have Horned Knight coming to Xbox One. When do you say horned and when do you say horned? You never say horned. So why do you say cursed child? Because you're trying to be dramatic? I don't know. The Horned Knight comes to Xbox One. Uh, <laughs> Active Neurons 3, Wonders of the World comes to Xbox One. Iota comes to Switch. Retrace, Memories of Death comes to Switch. Night Vision, Vision on Switch. Gene Forge 1, Mutagen on PC and Mac. The Legend of Heroes, Sen no Kakasi 2 Kai, The Arobianian Civil War comes to PC. Fight in Tight Spaces comes to PC. Old School RuneScape comes to steam today farkle safari <laughs> i'm literally googling this what the, hell is like, what the heck farkle is farkle safari, safari? Uh, farkle <laughs> safari out now on ios and android uh minecraft dungeons flames of the nether available now some new dates for you on march 18th explosion explosion aid dx will be available in the americas and europe on ps5 and ps4 and nintendo switch xbox one version will support a worldwide release uh narita boy Comes out on the 30th of March on every console known to man. Uh, deals the day. Lust for Darkness is free on Steam this weekend. So that's pretty cool. That's fantastic. But now it's time for reader mail. You can go to patreon.com slash games to write in your reader mail. Am I stalling right now? 100% I'm stalling right now because I didn't prep the show. Greg Miller prepped the show. And there is no reader mail for me to read here. So instead, Andrea, I'm going to ask you a very There's... important question. Okay. What do you think will be game of the year at the end of this year? A lot oh, wow. of, yeah, it's a big question. Why would you know this? You don't even know what games are coming out this year. I mean, with, if God of War Ragnarok does come out this year. I don't see how that game is not game of the year, knowing the masterpiece that was God of War. But that's a lot of pressure for Sony Santa Monica to live up to, right? Because because Lots. that game was so, so, so phenomenal. Um, and I think that they're a shoe-in to win game of the year if they do release this year. But if Horizon Forbidden West also comes out this year, ooh, that's going to be a tough one because that game was also 
an amazing, wonderful, fantastic um, piece of game making and game development. And now that Gorilla has had more time to work with their engine, that Decima engine, I think that, you know, we have potential for Forbidden West to be even, you know, more spectacular than um, Horizon Zero Dawn was. So, I, I mean, to me, those are two really strong contenders. I was really concerned when PlayStation intimated that they might be out in the same year. I'm kind of hoping that one of them gets pushed to Q1 2022, but who knows what's going to happen. So I think that those are t probably my two top contenders. Mm-hmm. Those are good calls. Very good calls. Yeah, but then there's Starfield too, because like I have a feeling that Bethesda is going to do what they did with Fallout 4 and say, yo, here's Starfield. It's ready to come out. Holiday 2021. And wow, they're going to show it. Wild. Wild. What if they do? What if they do? That'd be though? crazy. That would be crazy. I think there's there's been too much going on at Bethesda that I don't know if they're if they're ready for that, but like, yeah, wow. That would be cool. That'd be real cool. That'd be awesome. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong to correct us as we screw things up in the show. But seeing as it's me and Andrea today, I don't think there's going to be anything. Definitely nothing <laughs> of substance. Uh, Netobiologist said Rift Apart comes out June 11th. Uh, I don't know. Some guy says pronunciation correction. Kina Bridge of Spirits is pronounced Kena per a Game Informer interview. So there you go. Kena like Bridge of Spirits. Like an <laughs> um, and then, yeah, there you go. There you go. That's it. That's all we got wrong. Told you. We're perfect. Tim and Andrea. We are perfect, TNA. Tim. Never forget. Never forget. I miss you, Andrea. There's an energy. I miss you too, Tim. That, that we have that, like, I don't get with anybody else, you know? It's that dream it's team special. situation. It is special. It is special. Uh, so what, what, if you wanted to pimp projects you're working on or what you really want the best friends to go check out on What's Good, what should they check out? Oh, well, last week we had an amazing panel of guests on the show for Black History Month. So obviously, Rihanna Manuel, who the kind of any best friends know very well and who worked with us for a long time before she went for G4, um, is on that panel. But also we have Khalif Adams, uh, one of the founders of Spawn on Me, and Paris Lilly from Gamertag Radio, also mm. co-host of the Kind of Funny X-Cast. Um, I have a clip, Tim, of Paris not being able to on-demand tell people where they can watch the X-Cast, X and it's really funny. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. Like, like, I, I think he just like... Had like it's that moment where he was like deer in headlights and he's like, oh my gosh, he knew the exact time you could watch the X gas. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man, it's like when it comes to intros to shows, especially at kind of funny when we have like a bazillion shows. Uh, and like I was just like asked to be part of this uh, not too long before we did the show. So I wasn't really prepared to be hosting Games Daily today, but, but I come in and it is just like. You go into robot mode of just like, here's the show. You can get it here. You can do this thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm always impressed at the end of it where I'm like, okay, I flubbed a couple words there. But at the end of the day, I got all the info out. Like, it's, yeah. it's crazy how it's in here somehow. And it gets comes out. comes out of this little hole. Exactly. Insane. It's just it's just repetition. But they were all wonderful on the show last week. And for the feature segment in the in the back half of the show, we talk about what Black History Month means to them as black content creators and what it means to be a content creator in the space and how important education and activism 
is in their content and in their lives. And it's a really great conversation. And it's and it's not all serious. It does go to really some really fun places. And of course, Khalif has to bring up our age old raging debate about oatmeal raisin cookies, um, which what? is hilarious to me. Um, but it's a it's a great show. So of course, you can find it wherever you find your favorite kind of funny shows on the podcast, uh, the platform of your choice. You can find us at roosterteeth.com as well at youtube.com slash what's good games. And I'm still streaming at twitch.tv what's good games as well and i'll be uh live streaming along tomorrow if you want to have kind of funny up in one window and what's good up in another window so so many yeah. windows love to see it i need to ask yeah. what's up with the oatmeal cookies oh so i don't care that oatmeal raisin cookies exist i am of the mindset that chocolate chip cookies are always better than always. oatmeal raisin cookies always that if you had to choose if there was a plate in front of you that you would choose the chocolate chip cookie, and that it is absolutely atrocious when people try to pass oatmeal raisin cookies off as chocolate Shelly. chip cookies. They're I, tricking I, you. I think I would say eight out of ten people, or four out of five. <laughs> 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 what, 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 chocolate chips. He, Sixteen yeah, he, out of twenty people. <laughs> people would go get an oatmeal raisin cookie, hoping. That it is a chocolate chip oatmeal right. cookie and are disappointed every time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And he and he wouldn't have it. And Re and Paris were on his side. They were all on team oatmeal raisin. And I was like, no. Raisins? Why why? Why would you rather have raisins in your cookie than chocolate chips? I'm good. Yeah, you know, and I know it, people in the chat are like, what about oatmeal chocolate chip? That's not what we're talking no, about. No, we're talking specifically about oatmeal raisin. <laughs> Here's my thing. I love oatmeal raisin cookies. I also love chocolate chip cookies. I in no world would I argue that chocolate chip cookies aren't the default cookie. And I agree that you should never try to they should never be on the same plate. Like that's stupid and fucked up. Don't try to mislead people. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like that's that ain't okay. But I do think that oatmeal raisin cookies get a ridiculous bad rap that is undeserved cuz I'm going to say this is a new statement that I'm making here. I think it is easier and more likely that a chocolate chip cookie isn't a good chocolate chip cookie than it is for an oatmeal raisin cookie to be a good oatmeal raisin cookie. I think the Tim, range of acceptability of so taste, low. but the still, but so still, low. I'm a fan and, of consistency, Kev. And like, and that's my thing, but real talk. There are times when I'll choose an oatmeal raisin over the chocolate chip because I, at least I know what I'm getting with the oatmeal raisin chocolate chip. It could be a little bit all over the place. And that's because people with such haste are often trying to make <laughs> chocolate chip cookies to, to reach the demand, you know? To hit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, with such haste. You're, you're right. You're making a good point. I mean, chocolate chip cookies are something very special. And with that, we're going to end this episode <laughs> of Kind of Funny. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love everything we do here. Uh, but we're going to end this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Andrea, thank you very much for joining us. You will return next week with some Call of Duty Warzone action, dropping into the zone, the cow zone as they call it. Um, exciting stuff. But stay tuned for the Patreon-exclusive post-show that is about to happen right now. That guess what? It's going to be Andrea hanging out with Barrett Courtney. That's cool stuff. They're going to catch up. They're going to talk about... What are they going to talk about? Let me see. We already got something here for you. Hopefully not uh, Zelda. Creative directors. <laughs> it's about creative directors. Yes. But until next time, love you guys. Bye.